Hello listeners, you're listening to the Three Angry Gamers podcast. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to let you know that we're actually brought to you by Fortnite and their latest mode, the creative mode. You're kind of wondering, what is creative mode? It's pretty cool, honestly. I've checked it out recently. What it is, is you can go into your Fortnite maps just like you normally could. There's a bit of a difference, though. You can create whatever you want. You can create all these different structures and different things that you want, and unlike the regular Fortnite Battle Royale mode where people are gunning for you and trying to kill you, you can do this without any stress. And then here's what's great. Once you've created the map that you want to make, you can create a custom game mode around it so you can play with your friends. I don't know, maybe you want to make a golf map Maybe you want to make a tower defense mode. You can make whatever you want in this creative mode, and that's what's so cool. Fortnite is something else entirely. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't like it, but what you are going to like is that creative mode allows you to try different modes and different types of gameplay in a way that's both comfortable, new, and friendly, but all the while it's still Fortnite. So check it out, and with that, let's get on with this episode of Three Angry Gamers. Thanks for your time, everyone. Just wait for it to record. Start recording. Takes us time. Uh, cool. I think it started now. Maybe. Maybe not. They have to a garage band and now. Are you still not knowing how to record? How many years have we been doing this now? What eight? Twelve? <laughs> I click record you're, and then it's just be like in your fucking grave and be like, oh, I figured it out finally. Oh. They updated garage band and now it just like chugs along. So, oh, there we go. I think we're recording. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Three Angry Gamers <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. We did it. With me, right. as always, it's Lucas, Jamie, oh. Dennis. How are you three doing great today? Start. Holy shit. It's great. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Just great. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. The... Apple can fuck right off because they update GarageBand and now GarageBand is just really shitty. It's just terrible. So, Hops could use Audacity. That's where the, the cool kids go, apparently. Uh, yeah, we're all about video games here on this podcast. So, if you've yeah, straight. come expecting like movie news or reviews, wrong podcast. Get the fuck out of here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stay around and listen. Um, yeah, let's talk about some news. Uh, first off, there was a Nintendo Direct this past week. Uh, there was a, which basically is, um, you know, we finally gave Lucas an excuse to buy a switch and listeners, you're probably thinking, ah, yes, it must be one of the major announcements. No, when you find out why Lucas is buying a switch, you're going to like be laughing all the way to the bank. It's it's... Uh, seriously. I don't understand why people don't think this is amazing. I think it's, I'm on pins and needles now. 
to know what this is. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll reveal it when we get to it. Keep, keep everyone on the edge of their seats. Um, but, you know, Overwatch is coming to the Switch October 15th. Um, this was rumored, actually, a couple weeks ago. There was the... Uh, the Overwatch merch, like the carrying case for your uh, Switch that had like the Overwatch logo on it. So yeah. this isn't too surprising. Uh, and some people have suspected that uh, Tracer would be a character in uh, Smash Ultimate. That didn't get it confirmed, but something tells me we're getting some some character from Overwatch into Smash eventually. But um, regardless, Overwatch is coming to the Switch October 15th. Uh it's interesting, like, there was, I saw some element where, like, somebody was sniping, but they were using the switch to navigate around the, the sniper reticle. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, on one hand, I'm very excited, because this is, like, big Overwatch coming to the switch. Like, now finally people can play Overwatch. That's a lot, that's gonna be cool. Uh, but at the same time, too, I'm like, I don't know. I think many of us already own the game, so it's like, would you pay yeah. money again to play it on the Switch? Right. I mean, yeah, I'm kind I'm of not. excited just for the prospect of, like, lunchtime Overwatch, because I have a bunch of people in my office that I'll play, so we might all just pick it up and, uh, and do some Overwatch at lunch. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed the unlocks and whatnot don't carry over from your other yeah. game. Like, that kind of yeah. sucks. Like... I knew I was probably expecting a little too much, but, like, come on. It would have been nice to, like, have your, your skins and, like, gold weapons already available when you boot the game up there, but whatever. I mean... I mean, you you can tie a Battle.net account to your, like, PlayStation account, so you think you could just, like, use that to know what you've unlocked, but I yeah. guess that's too much to ask for Blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that was a little disappointing. Yeah, um, but somebody mentioned like online, like, well, you weren't able to do that when it came to like PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So why would right. that be any different? I'm like, yeah, it's true, but still, it's like, if you're asking me to buy this game again, it's like, well, for me at least personally, I probably won't pick it up, but I'm kind of tempted to. Like, I don't know. Like you say, like it'd be nice to sort of just play Overwatch on the go. Like maybe you're on a plane and you're like, hey, I'm gonna play some Overwatch. Kind of a weird time to choose overwatch to play but hey you know what you, now you can do it it's a possibility yeah an online multiplayer shooter on a plane have fun with that i'm sure that wi-fi will be uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah for sure you just start oh. the match and then nothing happens and it just shows you lost you're like huh <laughs> <laughs> where's my heels <laughs> yeah no i i think i think the the novel concept of like being able to play on the go like that's exciting but yeah it's yeah. also like and is that enough to get any people to actually go buy it again that's what i'm curious about but uh i don't know maybe here and here's maybe a bit of a wild wild prediction maybe they'll throw in like a, a nintendo themed skin for a character oh a, man yeah probably oh no don't even don't even tease me like that <laughs> like i'm guessing probably like samus probably I know. can we get a samus like soldier 76 or something or man, man yeah man like if you did I that know. like I f that's so dumb but like i feel like people would buy it just for that or like yeah. you know mario is like junk rat and he like should have like <laughs> bombs he shoots fireballs you know shit like that oh i guess the obvious one would be uh donkey kong as uh yep. winston 
That That's true. Fun. That is the obvious one. In a little tie and bam. Yeah. I feel like that that was like the one thing missing from that announcement was them just being like, I have one more thing. And then it's just like Winston, but it's Donkey Kong. Yeah. We'll see if that actually happens. I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer. And plus, Nintendo seems to like to do that with their third-party games. Like, I think there right. was, like, even in Diablo 3, like, you could play as Ganondorf in Diablo yeah, 3. Ganondorf, uh, really? Ganondorf yeah. Loop for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, like, crazy or anything. It was just an aesthetic thing. But it was still pretty cool. Um... Uh, next up, Super Nintendo games are finally coming to the Switch. Um, so this is pretty exciting. This kind of came out of nowhere, too. I mean, yes, we there was some data miner that found out that there was, like, a Switch emulator on the back end or something. But that was kind of it. Like, there wasn't too much more aside from that. Um, we were kind of waiting for a while, and now finally we have Switch games coming. So, Or uh, Super Nintendo games on the Switch. Which, uh, I, we're going to talk about some of what we've been playing, but I've been trying it out, and so far it's been pretty fun. Uh, even, like, the rewind feature is kind of crazy. Like, you can basically rewind to, like, a few seconds before, so if you die, you don't have to, like, reload or anything. You can literally just rewind a few seconds and retry again, so that's kind of cool. Um, hmm. Yeah, and the lineup of games is kind of odd. Like, there's a few really good ones, and then some that I was like, Really? Like you're going for Super Tennis, that's your, that's your your big investment. But uh, I think uh, the whole idea is they're going to add more down the road, so we'll we'll see more yeah. games that we're interested in. Um, but uh, yeah, so far it's nice to see. Uh, I'm hoping that we get more like RPGs, like that would be really cool. Like the SNES was really known for RPGs, I think, more than right. any other kind of. I mean, I know there was other games out in there, but like, there's just so many great RPGs in that time. So we'll see. The golden age of JRPGs, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, my my only concern is that there's some games that like you know they've been put on like these other collections. Like let's say for example uh, the Castlevania series or like Contra or even like Mega Man. Like so, are we going to be able to get those games on? the uh, SNES service, I don't know, because they are selling them in other ways. Uh, so that would be a bummer if they're, like, you know, not going to put those on there. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm crossing my fingers for Mega Man X and some other stuff on there. Yeah, that would be a good one to have, too. Um, yeah, and like so, there's some, like, decent ones on there, like Breath of Fire is a really good one. Um, yeah. Kirby's Dreamland 3 is probably like the best Kirby game, in my opinion. But uh, I did yeah, try I Mario. So. Sorry? Yeah, I think so. I love that Kirby game. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them don't quite work in tablet mode. Again, I'm going to try to like refrain from talking too much because like, I want to talk about it and what, what I've been playing. But like, yeah, some of, some of them are good. Some of them, yeah, not so much. Um, cool. Uh, okay. And next up, Terry Bogard from Fatal Fury is coming to Smash Ultimate. The real reason why Lucas is finally getting a Switch. Oh, yes, finally. <laughs> I love how nobody, nobody was asking for this. I was Lucas. asking for it. Nobody in this world <laughs> except for I Lucas was. asked for this. They were revealing new character, and everyone's like, oh, is it Tracer? Is it going to be, you know, these other cool characters? Waluigi, maybe? 
And then, no, Terry Bogart, like... Yeah, fucking straight Terry Bogart, oh my god. I <laughs> want to imagine, like, everyone collectively was like, who the fuck is this? I know who he is. I've been playing him for, like, years. It's like my favorite fighting character of all time. I can't fucking believe he's on there. I'm like, what? Sure! <laughs> like it's I have at least I almost... one other friend that is as, as excited as you are, Lucas, so... Uh, I almost went to the store and bought a Switch that day. But then they were like, <laughs> it doesn't come out today. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to buy it later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally going to buy a $600 machine, maybe play it, and just play Terry Goldborn Bogart for about an hour. I'd be like, well, that was fun. And that's probably going to be my Switch use. Yeah. Hey, you can play Pokemon on Switch, so... That's Terry. true. I might actually... I might play a few... But yes, that, that's the reason why I'm getting to Switch, because Terry Bogart's on Smash. I Only wonder if why. they'll do the same thing they did with Ryu, where they, they allow you to input his commands like they did for the original game, and then you do, like, extra damage if you do those. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like, cool. So, so, yeah, Ryu, you could do, like, the fireball motion to do his actual fireball, or you could do, like, the, the shortcut way, which is, like, forward and B. Press or B or whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like, but the one that if you do the actual motion, I believe does extra damage. So it's worth. So they they fight like their two D scroller counterpart than games, where you can yeah, actually kinda. do like, kind of yeah. Yeah. They better have Buster Wolf in there. I swear to fucking god, they don't have Buster Wolf. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right now, but sure, why not? <laughs> so literally, if you're anybody that knows anything, about Terry, is that Buster Wolf is like the big thing for Terry. It's his big huge ultra super move. Okay, so that's you don't probably a, Wolf. Oh, okay. It's probably a smash, final smash or whatever. Well, most likely. Yeah, and they did Either confirm Power the... or yeah. or Buster Wolf. It's one of the two. Yeah. Not Buster Wolf. I could be upset. Uh, and there is more DLC characters on the way. They did confirm. Um, Who cares? Terry Bogartson. Who cares about Lucas, there's more to life than Terry Bogart. Hate to tell you. <laughs> no, that's where life heads. I'm gonna play. I'm like, oh, that was great. Life. <laughs> just be like you know what that was a good life i lived i finally yeah, terry um, bogart and smash we're good uh, good uh yeah so there's one more character in the past that you could you could buy and then they did confirm that there's another pass coming so there'll be more characters i'm gonna take a while i guess and say probably that last character is probably tracer so but we'll we'll see um cool uh Next up, Divinity Original Sin 2 Definitive Edition is available on the Switch today. You can go play go buy it right now. Yeah, right now. Oh, I'm kind of no questions. I'm loving that like the Switch is getting these kind of like more hardcore RPGs. Like you got um, Pillars of Eternity, and then uh, you also get this. So I don't know. Kind of digging this. This is a good good direction for the Switch, in my opinion. So. If you want to play some of these really cool RPGs, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, I think both um, Dennis, you and I have both played Divinity Original Sin too, and you you would say mm -hmm. it's definitely worth checking out, right? Absolutely. I yeah, it's one of the best RPGs I've played, just hands down. Nice. I mean, the fact that they actually, I think they said that there's going to be Steam cross saves, so yeah. you can pick it up on the go, and then when you get home, play it on a big screen. Just just do it. Don't even ask. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool when I saw it. Uh, although when I saw that, though, I was like, wait, so they can do this for Divinity Original Sin two, but they can't do it for Overwatch? Fuck that shit! <laughs> like, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Bethesda's re-releasing Doom 64 for the Nintendo Switch. So uh, a couple weeks ago, they put out Doom 1, 2, and 3 on the Switch and various other consoles, but they confirmed that Doom 64 is coming to the Switch. Uh, Doom 64 came out on the N64, and it was kind of a unique uh, experience. It wasn't quite the original Doom. They did kind of change it up. So a lot of people have been asking for it. I've never played it before, so I'd be kind of curious to check it out. Um, but yeah, it's coming relatively soon. Uh, probably the most excited I've been in a long time was when they announced that Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast will be coming for uh, the Switch. Uh, although it was funny because they announced it during the Nintendo Direct, but they didn't mention anything about PS4 or Xbox One. But then Sony and Microsoft both confirmed after the fact that it's uh, coming to those consoles as well. It's coming September 24th, so relatively soon. So you can play as Cal Katarn and, you know, swing your lightsaber, shoot some dudes. If you never played those Star Wars Jedi Knight games, they're a lot of fun. Uh, it's basically, it started off as a Doom clone, but uh, slowly sort of grew into being uh, its own kind of game with uh, the, the lightsabers and the force powers and all that. So uh, have you guys ever played that game at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm curious if it's going to have the multiplayer or not, because I remember the multiplayer being pretty fun which is people like throwing lightsabers across the room at each other and, yeah uh, it was pretty cool they didn't mention anything but i mean it would be pretty hard or it'd be pretty easy to do multiplayer nowadays i, I feel like think so. i mean it was it was like old game running on the quake 2 engine i think so i mean i can't imagine there's anything too crazy going on in there for multiplayer so yeah uh, such a weird like announcement though like i'm trying to figure out the timing of it like why now <laughs> like maybe the new the new fallen order game or whatever like maybe yeah, that's maybe. part of it yeah because hmm. fallen order seems a little kind of in line with these old those old games a mm -hmm. little bit so but yeah yeah either way I'm buying it for sure, because I love that game, and I've been sort of wanting to play the old Jedi Knight games again. Uh, I actually downloaded uh, Dark Forces and the the other, well, Dark Forces 2, the original Jedi Knight game, came up before this one. Uh, been playing both of those, and those games are pretty fun. Dark Forces doesn't hold up that well, but like the second one is actually pretty good. So Yeah, I remember those games being a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you can play as Dave Bautista in Gears 5. Not Dave Bautista like any character he plays. You can literally <laughs> just play as Dave Bautista in Gears 5. So, sure, why not? I don't know uh -huh. what... So, um... I think, I'm assuming this has to do with the fact that, like, he was, like, trying to get cast in the movie, right? Like, he yeah. wanted to play Marcus Phoenix in the movie or something. So, they're like, well, we can't do that for you, but we can do the next best thing. We'll throw you in the game. Whatever. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Also, he just looks like he belongs in that universe anyway. He's like, like big giant <laughs> dude with broad shoulders and just throw some shoulder pads on him and now he looks like he throw right in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kinda of disappointed that he's not playing his character from Stuber in that from that movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a half blind cop. Right. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a weird announcement. I saw it, I was just like, what the fuck? I thought he was playing a character from one like one of the movies or something, but no, he's just literally just Dave Batista. So 
Uh, final bit of news. Hearthstone news. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, it's, it's still pretty <laughs> exciting. Uh, the next solo adventure, Tombs of Terror, starts September 17th. You can either uh, pay for the expansion with in-game gold. Uh, there's going to be four wings a week. Each wing costs 700 gold. So you can hypothetically get it all for free. Or you can pay something like $19.99 for all four wings. And you also get an exclusive card back, as well as a random legendary minion. They say between the four wings, you're getting 16 card packs. So you're getting, like, a good amount of card packs. So even if you pay for it, you're getting, like, a good amount of uh, bang for your buck. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, that's it for news. Um, Lucas got to interview somebody. That was pretty <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I like to hear about this. Who did you speak with? Uh, so it was a guy named Max at uh, Dedelic. So uh, basically, I well, I might as well explain the whole entire thing. Then we're gonna go to that. Uh, I went to Pax or so Pax West in Seattle. So uh, I got to be, I got to interview one of the. Um, uh, I think he is one of the founders of it if i could find his card somewhere i can find it a little bit and so i talked to him and i got also got to talk to a lot of the uh, actual creators and developers and all that stuff they literally led me through it uh all their games and stuff uh, that they had there uh had a fantastic time uh they obviously those guys there had a um they're very passionate about their things i played a like a submarine game uh where you um Basically, you got together uh, a team, and you had to build all the um, the submarine itself. And then I played an RTS game, which is a team RTS game. And then I played a RPG, which had a uh, rewind kind of idea. Um, and then I think, and then I played a click and uh, point adventure. Okay. So all those games were very a lot of fun. So, uh, but are we going to talk about PAX itself too? We're just going to talk about uh, Dedelic first. Uh, well, I was going to splice in the interview, but what did you think of PAX itself? Did you have fun? PAX. I had fun at PAX, but um, the thing with whole entire with PAX was is that you had to wait a lot of the time. Like when you first got in, it was great. I actually would have done it before days. Would have been better because literally you have to wait for a lot of the um, games come out. Like. There was the three big games there. They were showing Borderlands 3, uh, Final Fantasy 7 the Remake, and Goku or Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. And mm. each one of those lines were absolutely insane. Like, you had to wait about four to five hours just to get started. So, mm. um, but they're, they're actual, like, the scenes and how they organize things. You can look into it. Like, the Final Fantasy 7 one went uh you can actually go through the you had to buy tickets first of all so you first of all like oh wow that's ridiculous you had to buy tickets to get into the line so you're not even buying tickets to act. Wow. you have to buy tickets to get into the final fantasy and i'm like that's kind of ridiculous so if you didn't buy your attack um buy your tickets like say like thursday i think it comes out you mm -hmm. you're basically screwed so um so we went. So we all saw that. I didn't get into, but like they had a little line, and then you went into a building, and the building was like uh, had like a bunch of Final Fantasy kind of s kind of looks, like the train station at the beginning of the game. And then you went through there, and then you had all the stations play like the twenty minute demo. Mm. Um, 
but again, that was like then you went to um, Ban Bankai. I oh, uh, played for Goku, the oh. new Dragon Ball game there, um, and that was a huge lineup. But you could like literally you could the game you could stand there and look at it. So I wanted to play. That was the game I was going to play. I was like, I want to play the Dragon Ball game. So like we went through the whole entire thing. We went to Sony. Now at Sony, I don't know. I can't remember what that stupid game's called because I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> There's that game where like it's by, by the uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, guy. I keep forgetting his stupid oh, name. Oh God, uh, Death uh, Kojima. Yeah. Kojima. So yeah, I that care game. About it. Oh my God. So basically, they decided to build this big, huge black box in the middle of the fucking area, so you couldn't see anything. And I'm like, yeah, because your game's special. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't see anything. They want to hide it away to make sure you know the plot or anything. Like you guys are. Okay, whatever. But what's really cool at the Sony section was that they had a little corner there, and they actually did have the Goku game there, the Kakarot game. Oh, cool. So so there was like 10 of us, and we're like, well, let, let's just pass around the controller. So we passed around, tried it out, and I'm like, fuck, that's awesome. I don't think I was going to buy the game, but, you know, uh, freaking amazing. Nice. So it was a really good game. It's like all free world stuff like that. It was great. Okay. Um, a lot of... A lot of um, the other thing too, there's not a lot of gifts. Like when you go to like a fan expo or anything like that, you don't. There's a lot of gifts and stuff to, to buy. There wasn't really like that. It was only majority just games everywhere. So there was always something to play at least. Mm. So that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I went over to Dedelic. So uh, like I said before, I was playing. Uh, it was Barrow Trauma. I remember that. Uh, Barrow Trauma was the. Um, so basically, you're underneath the. And I talked to the developer, like the guy that actually made this game. He was really super excited about it. Uh, during the interview, I kind of talked about it as well. And that game was probably, like, he, you put a lot of work into it. You develop it, you make it, you make your submarine, you're underneath, uh, you're on a different planet, uh, you have to repair it with your crew, uh, it's multiplayer eventually. Um, like, uh, that game was just phenomenal. That just, yeah, so... And then he said that basically you get guys, guys get a bunch of quests. So like everybody does like a certain thing in the world, like you right repair or something. And there's like a guy that uh, eventually becomes a mole. And he actually starts trying to destroy your submarine in the multiplayer. And like you try to figure out who the mole is. So I thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Um, uh, the RTS was talking about was the year of rain. And it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's a craft ripoff, but it's like basically they took the idea of Warcraft, the heroes and everything like that. But instead, you had to work as a team, which you still had in Warcraft. But like you couldn't, like when you had like two versus two or the four versus four map, you can still kind of like you don't have to be a team can do your thing. But in this, if you're not a team, if you're not gathering together and stuff like that, they actually made that basis around the game. You will lose. Like I teamed up with somebody else, and we weren't talking or anything like that. And those two guys were. It's absolutely just stomped us. Mm. So that was a really good game. Um, and then Iron Dangerous, that one I was talking like uh the tactical rpg that's what i'm looking for uh yeah. basically you it's the same thing it's like boulder's gate in a way heavy or stuff like that but they had a tactic where uh if you died you can rewind time like um uh not uh, like assassin's creed i think that not assassin's creed um prince of persia prince of persia thank you and they had that but you can reverse it and then you actually can see like a little bit of icon down the bottom which actually says you're like where your death actually is and you can go to that point, and you can, like, 
there's like a defense mode where you can like block his attack or you can like back up or stuff like that. So you're not, uh, so it's always kind of like attack. That's what the majority of the tactic of that was. Um, so that was really cool. And then I played uh, the suicide of Rachel Foster, and that game was like a click and point adventure. And that really was like remind me a lot about um, shoot the Shining. So it was like the same thing. You're trapping them out, and you got to find uh, why you're trapping them out, and then you find out all the like why this guy killed himself and all that stuff. Like that. Okay, so, that's pretty cool. So yes, but uh, yeah, definitely there was a good it was a good time with them. Nice, cool. Well, I think that's a good time to cut to the interview. So we're gonna cut to that, and then we're gonna come back and uh, offer us reviews. So we'll be back in a sec. There's a few facts about every game, basically, because I don't like the uh, basis of what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, so anyways, so we're here to talk about the, the, the Dalek with Max. Uh, here at the first game we're going to try to explain about is Iron Danger. Uh, so it's going to be on Steam, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like a time adventure kind of game where you go back, like, like, like kind of like... Um, Adventure slash RPG is probably the best way I think of playing. Sure. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's an action adventure. And the special thing about it is the time manipulation mechanic, which at first glance looks a bit like, a bit like um, there's, a, there's a bar at the bottom of the screen that looks like um, video editing software. Yeah. Right? And in game, whenever combat starts, that allows you to go back in time, like um, a few steps, or actually quite a few steps, and uh, change what your characters did and when they did it. So that the combat uh, plays out the way you want it to. Yeah, the, the thing I was listening to was about that was like, I was saying that the combat was really cool because like if you go back, mm -hmm. there's like a defense mode. So yeah. like you can actually defend yourself or you were like dead or kill yourself or anything like that. Yeah. And then there was like special moves. There was like a kick. There was like a, uh, you played with the blacksmith of the intro. That's what I played. So yeah. that, was, that was a lot of fun. So it's really cool that like the back and forth mechanic. Like the thing is you can do is like the little bit there, the little scroll. So you can go back and forth and pick whatever. So it's definitely something uh, I was very interested in. It was really cool. Like everything, it flowed really nice. Uh, and then at the screen, it showed you like how many times you died and your score. Exactly. So like at the end, you can like, you know, complete things. Yeah, like, like the when you complete a level, you actually see uh, how big the difference is between time you spent on the level, like real time, yeah. and actual time um, taking out all the things you reverted. So the, you know what I mean? Like in yeah, the, at the yeah. end it says, okay, you spent like 15 minutes playing it, but the real-time playthrough of just this perfect battle you set up and play, perfect playthrough you set up with the time mechanic was like four minutes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what, that was the pretty cool part yeah. there. Um, so that, yeah. So Iron Danger, that's our first game. Uh, the next game we should try, let's do The Suicide of Rachel okay. Foster. So, yeah, why not? Uh, so we're doing the, it's a clicking and uh, it's like a venture where you go around and you figure out. So you're basically trapped in a mountain, and uh, well, you're like I guess your father was like uh, lost the place. Is that what basically what it was kind of thing? Uh, yeah, you, you, um, you play as Nicole, and your parents have just passed away. So uh, Nicole goes back to the family-owned hotel, uh, which is uh, supposed to be sold pretty soon, and she's there to oversee the whole process, you know, the legals and such. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that starts this adventure, this rediscovery of her own past in this hotel and the family's past. And uh, yeah, as you can guess from the name, the suicide of uh, Rachel Foster, um, dark secrets are buried in her, right? Yeah, I like, well, I like the map too, that they came up with a map. That was the one yeah. thing I did like. Because a lot of these games sometimes don't happen. But this map, there actually was like, 
you actually had a, on the bottom there was a quest list. Yeah. And you come up and you press L1 and then you come up and you see back and forth. So it gave you like that feel that like, uh, like a home almost basically. It was like a blueprint. Yeah. That was really nice. That was fun. So. Yeah, um, actually um, getting to know the hotel really well. So, you know, at, um, when you start the game, it's kind of difficult. The hotel is huge. Um, but uh, discovering like all these places, uh, like different rooms, and getting to know the hotel is actually part of the game experience. At some point, you know it by heart, and you just go, ah, oh, next place, kitchen, easy. Yeah. But at the start of the game, th th that's what the game designers wanted to convey. You have to like rediscover everything. Like, she grew up there, and she will sometimes comment on, you know, that she played in this room, and that she did this in that room. And you, as a player, are supposed to like learn, rediscover with her. Yeah, yeah and that was that's one of the cooler things. Yeah. Know, so that was really cool. So I like, click a clap. Uh, the next game I played was the RTS. Yeah. So that RTS was kind of like, is it safe to say it was like a Warcraft kind of, but the thing I liked about this was two versus two. Yeah. So you had, like when I was playing, we didn't like, the guy I was playing with, we didn't communicate and immediately failed. Right. So like, it's a very much a team game. So Yeah, yeah um, it's definitely a love letter to uh, RTS games like StarCraft and Warcraft 3. You yeah, know? for it's sure. The love letter is really um, uh, the uh, RTS games of the late 90s and 2000s in general. But we put a, uh, our special twist on it. Yeah, that's the um, team play uh, focus. Yeah, and like you would have to go all there's like posts you had to get. And if you weren't communicating with a uh, person, like I noticed there was an observation tower there. Yeah. And the guys already got it, so they already know what we're doing already. Yeah. And yeah. We're, I go over there, oh, well, that's great, so you've already got this. And like, so if you're not working together with this team, you very much focused on that. It's a very much yeah. RTS two versus two. Like, Exactly what you exactly, said. Yeah. So they, yeah, the, the team play aspect is one of our main focuses. That's why when you played, you instantly saw, right? The game says, okay, choose your role, right? And yeah. one one team member can be like, okay, I'm gonna be the damage dealer, and that yeah. unlocks like special um, researches research trees for you that only the damage dealer guy has. Exactly. And the other guy, guy can be like, okay, I'm gonna take the tank role, so my um, guard towers are gonna be stronger. Yeah. And so you, you you compose your army together with your teammates to try to get the best results. Yeah. And so that's one of our main focuses. And also, RTSs are very famous for um, scaring off a lot of people. You know, it's a hard genre to get into. It is, yeah, yeah. but you did a good, like, that's the thing with the two versus two. Was yeah. that it's, and a lot of things you, you made it kind of short. Yeah. Because, like, in more Warcraft games and other RTS games, there's lots of mines. Yeah. In this game, there's, like, two. That so means, you yeah. have to control those two. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm like, yeah, you have to plan around that. Now you have to, like, figure out, so there's only a limited amount of resources that you have to control. Right. And that forces them to go like you know. And, yeah. And it's, okay, we have like three thousand gold together. What are we supposed to do with that three thousand right. gold? So that's yeah. I mean, of course, uh, uh, as we we're gonna release this game in early access, and obviously we're gonna de um, keep developing it on. And there's gonna be a huge map too. So if you feel like going for those, I don't know, ninety minute games. Oh, so there is like a ninety minute. It, you know, it, you're it, like, it, okay. it is possible, but yeah, um, the RTS crowd knows that uh, usually you first focus on those very much like 15 to 30 minute matches. Yeah. We, we still need to get, get a lot of feedback from the players and those matches are best to get that. So I, I quite enjoyed this was yeah. incredible. Like the, I used the Paladin and I had a heal as, as well. Yeah. And uh, I know like mainly when I like say like I went out to take two versus two versus one. Yeah. That stopped. You yeah. can't, you cannot be, you always have to like get just yeah. very focused on the two versus two. We hope to um, like with this game, we hope to get a lot of people who maybe thought uh, RTS is not for them because it's too difficult yeah. to get them to try it out. And that's why we want to offer a lot of quality of life um, 
uh, features that yeah. you know make car gas accessible. Well, even here you can see the lines immediately. They're all focused on this right now. Yeah. Like you can see people are enjoying it and continuing yeah. it on. Oh, it's it's amazing to see yeah, right. another art. I think it's it fits like a glove for especially people that are used to like Warcraft and Starcraft yeah. those, those and people, Empire. Those people can always just uh, you know click away the health features and say, well, I don't need that. I'm a veteran. Yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, them know the hotkeys were working. The yeah. heroes were there. Exactly. Uh, I liked also the heroes spawned. You didn't actually have to go over and click and like yeah. pick your hero. Like you yeah. just spawned right away. So right. Yeah. They had like a cooldown, like a respawn. Time, exactly. So. It's more like a cooldown thing for yeah. the hero. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we're going to talk about the submarine game that I quite enjoyed the building. Uh, which was called Barotrama. Uh, yeah. So that's like a building game, basically, where you control four. Is it only four guys? No. Uh, but in Barotrama, you can play with up to 16 people. 16? 16. Holy up, so to, <laughs> up to 16 people can uh, man uh, a submarine, yeah. Yeah. Like, I really like this game, was kind of like a building game. And that's the thing. Like, There's a lot of building games out there right now. Right yeah. now, this one is cool because, like, you like repair and you have the monsters and you shoot the god yeah it kind of reminds me like and if you got 16 because this is it's a single player and multiplayer too right yeah, yeah. so this game is going to be great because like the multiplayer wise like you're going to get people together and it's going to be like to talk and to scream and yeah. all that good stuff so it's going to be pretty fun like uh, yeah. this is that was a lot of fun uh it was exploring too so this is like this is going to be like a game, like I see a bunch of guys, like, let's go on a submarine adventure again and like yeah. go on and continue on. The, the cool thing about Barotrauma is that it's very much uh, a sandboxy type of game. Yeah, 100%. So, so yeah, um, there's people um, that like to take it very seriously and they want to be the best possible submarine crew, right? And oh. they're very organized, like, uh, okay, one captain, two engineers, three mechanics, two medics, and three security guys, and everybody stick to your job and they want to be like this well-oiled machine. Yeah. And they will probably uh, have like uh, complete mission successfully quite easily, and this is fine. Like, Barotrauma can be played uh, the way you want it to, because there's other people who don't want to take it seriously and just want to mess around. Oh, totally. That was the yeah. one thing I noticed that like you put the wires together, you put the, the pumps together, yeah. you work towards the power for the pump, you get all that yeah. stuff. You build your monsters, you can build your submarines, exactly, yeah. and all that stuff. You can take it out and do whatever, or you can. I'm assuming the single player, and you can do. Exactly. You follow something yeah. along. So, so, so messing around is perfectly fine. There's people who find fun in Barotrauma just by being the weirdest crew. You know, that's why if you read the latest, yeah. the latest patch notes, like the game is already out in early access, right? Yeah. If you read the latest patch notes, you will see like, hey guys, new karma system, new submarine, new uh, tools for you to use, and a new musical instrument. Yeah, then, yeah. Like, why the musical instrument? Well, because some people enjoy it. Just messing around. I heard about the clown too. Like there's yeah. gonna be a, like somebody's gonna go around the whispering thing. Yeah. I love. So there's a guy apparently that's gonna go around. And I guess it's gonna be like, hey, go do that. That's gonna be your quest. So like, yeah. say like the door, the controller door is like automatic. Right. But then all of a sudden you're like, you got this mission saying, hey. Make sure that's not on a max. So you got a guy walking through and all of a sudden, slap, dead. So there's, uh, you now have a mole in your whole entire Yeah, that's tra trader mode, yeah. yeah that's that's the trader mode is actually really, really crazy because people will start getting suspicious. And you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're like up to 16 people like uh, locked up in this metal can in the deep sea and you go like one guy is a traitor <laughs> and that, that leads to some crazy stuff. Oh, I, I, you had mutiny and everything happening already. That's good. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. Anyways, well, thank you very much for going through the games for the first time. So yeah, this is yeah. Max. You're from, welcome. Yeah. Uh, Dedelic. Dedelic. Yeah. Thank you. It was Dave. It was not Max. Dave was actually. It was, and I met up to Dave. I talked to him for a little bit, and he's like, "Okay, well, you meet all the developers." So I went to like, 
each developer and each developer would talk about the game, how it worked, and then when it finally got to that point where was you with the interview, he's like, well, what? He's like, well, what do you want to do? And you can either go to each developer, like each person who worked on the game, the head developer guy, or or game designer, I should say, or you can come talk to uh, Max, which was he did everything. And I'm like, well, we might as well, because I already caught podcast. I could just see me doing it. It'd be like a forty minute interview, and I'd be like, eh, it might just better just to do it with one person. Yeah. All right, we're back. Let's review some games. I got a lot. Uh, I'll start us off this week uh, with uh, Wreckfest. Wreckfest is um, a game that, in my mind, I thought would be very similar to the Burnout games, mm-hmm. just based on what I was seeing. And not really, but it's still pretty fun. Uh, so the general premise of it is, is that it's a... Um, destruction derby game and in terms of like racing games it's a little bit more sim than arcadey which is kind of interesting like yeah i would have thought that they would have gone for more like the burnout kind of arcadey kind of route but no they kind of went more for the simulation route which is not bad either i mean i actually kind of enjoyed it for that um so as you're driving along you try to like crash other people off the road but um, you have to be careful because you can damage your own vehicle uh, while damaging your opponent. So you want to be careful not to like blow your engine or you know damage your transmission or whatever. So it was kind of odd in that like it was a little bit more realistic and sim-like than I was expecting, but still a lot of fun. Um, you can upgrade your vehicle and get a whole bunch of different like upgrades for it. At one point, I had a car with the American flag on it and a shark on top because why not? <laughs> Nice. That's yeah. awesome. America shark. <laughs> America shark. Yeah. I was just like, why not? I played online and I was like, this guy's like, does your car have an American flag and a shark on it? I'm like, fuck yeah, it does. So, I don't know. It's 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 fun. I don't think it's that expensive either. I think it's like 40 bucks or something. I don't think it's a full price game, but it's, it's fun. Um, I wouldn't go in expecting it to be more than just a destruction derby simulator, but... It's a lot of fun. Uh, I've been really enjoying it. Um, and they have a good like variety of different events too. So like you have a typical race where you just have to get like first place or whatever. Um, but you can also damage people and get them off the road. Uh, they also have like the traditional destruction derby where you're in like a circular area and you just have to like try to crash people. That could be a lot of fun too. So I don't know. I've been enjoying it. Surprisingly, I didn't really expect to... To be honest, I was kind of like, eh, it's like, it'll probably be okay. But I, then I started playing, I'm like, this is actually fun. So I give it like a solid like 8 out of 10. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I've also been playing NBA 2K20, the newest NBA game, uh, 2K game out for this year. Um, I haven't played a NBA game in years, so it was kind of interesting to get back into it. But I actually kind of, in, I've been enjoying this one so far. Uh, there's been a couple things I really enjoy. Uh, I do really like that you can play as these classic teams. So if you want to play as like the 97 to 99 Lakers, you can play as them, or you can play as, you know, like the Chicago Bulls from like Mm -hmm. way back in the day. So you can play as like sort of these classic teams, or you can play as like the modern roster. Uh, (sighs) So that's been kind of fun. Also, I was saying this before we were recording, but I find it weird that, like, sports games are the only ones where you can, like, actually scan your face and put it into the game. And I'm like, why don't more games do this? 
because it just seems right. so so interesting to like take your face and be like oh cool this is me i did that with the uh, nba so i made a character that looked just like me it was really really interesting it was actually like pretty spot on like surprisingly so um yeah I, i'd give it like a solid nine out of ten it's like really good mechanically i mean the 2k games have always been pretty good uh and this one's another really solid entry in the series um yeah the controls are really solid too like really tight controls um i also i do suck at the game to be admittedly honest but you know i think that's not really the game's fault it's just i don't play these games as much as i used to but i'm uh really you know diving back in trying to practice more so i can actually not be terrible at it did Um, you uh play the story mode at all i haven't touched the story mode too much yet i did create a character Mm -hmm. and sort of went into my career um Mm -hmm. but i guess I don't know, this is probably this sounds kind of dumb, but it's like, I like, you go in and you're like playing the, like, like entry level basketball or whatever. You're playing like mm-hmm. kind of like lower level. I'm like, ah, eh, it's okay. Like, I get, I get the appeal of it, but like, that kind of yeah. stuff always kind of seems a little weird to me. Like, I get it. It's all about the progression of like getting up to the NBA or NFL right, right. or whatever, but I'm like, nah, I want to play as like these really good teams. So, <laughs> yeah, it's my, my three point shot with my creative character is not that great. Probably as it would be in real life. If I tried to score a three-pointer in real life, it would probably not go well. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty accurate, actually. Um, and then uh, the SNES games are out on the Switch. I've been playing through a bunch of those. Uh, I, the first one I tried was Mario Kart, and that was a disaster because I was playing in tablet mode. <laughs> and Mario Kart, the original, splits the screen up. So you see like the map below, and then you have the like actual gameplay on top. Which I'm mm-hmm. sure if you're on a TV would be perfectly fine, but on tablet mode that was like a disaster. I could barely understand anything. Um, so I don't know. That was not great. I um, seem to recall there being a way to turn that off. Like if you press select or something, it would like hide uh, really? the bottom. But I don't remember. Like it's been so long since I played Mario Kart. I could be totally incorrect here. But uh, yeah. Mm. But it's it's it was, I mean it was still good. Like the emulation is still pretty solid. They also added in the selection where you can like rewind by a couple frames. So basically, as you're playing the game, it's like snapshotting your gameplay. So if you wanted to, you can like go back to a certain snapshot like a couple seconds before. So say you die, you can just rewind time. So that's pretty cool. Um, I was also playing Link to the Past. I got through the intro sequence with uh, the castle uh, before you get like, um, you know. All that stuff. That was pretty fun. I don't know. Link to the Past, classic game, but playing it on the Switch was a lot of fun. That's the one I'm the most interested in playing more of. I think is Link to the Past. So, um, I also played Mario World, Super Mario World, and I played a little bit of Super Metroid. I didn't dive too deep into Super Metroid, but uh, yeah, all solid games. And then there's some kind of clunkers there, like Super Tennis, that I'm just not interested in. But whatever. Uh, still. It's fun to have access to these games, and I'm sure we're going to get more down the road too. So, they said that. Yeah, they said they're just going to dump more games on there, which is kind of weird. Like they're not going to do as they do now, which is like two games a month. They're going to just dump them yeah. whenever. So yeah, they basically said there's no plan for some sort of cadence for deliveries. So yeah, which it's, tells me that they're nice basically to know that, that there's going to be stuff coming at a certain time. But I guess I'm just happy we're getting Super Nintendo games, so I won't complain too much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, too, like, it probably makes more sense that, like, if they want, they can wait and just put, like, all the Donkey Kong Country games up on there or put sure. all of the 
Final Fantasy games up there or something like that. So that makes sense. Um, I'm also wondering what comes next. Like, now you've done NES, now you've done SNES. Like, do you do GameCube next? Do you do Game Boy, Nintendo 64? Like, I'm kind of curious what comes next for these virtual console things. But I like having them. The NES was never really interesting for me. I've never really been a big fan of the NES games. But, like, SNES for sure. Really enjoying that. Um, Apex Legends. Been playing some more of that. There's a new event that's going on. It's called, like, the Voidwalker event. Uh, there's a lot of cool loot that you can get by doing the event, so just been playing through that, really enjoying that. Uh, I booted up Dark Souls 3 again randomly. I don't know why. <laughs> again? Yeah. I just was like, I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm like in the mood to play some Dark Souls 3. So I made a character, I made a pyromancer, I was just going through playing that. I just really enjoyed Dark Souls 3. Like, it's just such a fun game. I mean, fun in the sense that, like, it tortures you and, like... You know, makes fun of you while you're, uh, you know, playing. But uh, you know, it, it's fun. Um, been playing some more of Doom 2016. Uh, Things saying like, yeah, Dennis, you playing through it kind of like motivated me to like play yeah. through it again for the Doom Eternal, and it, it's so much fun. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and I then love finally, the track too, because it's so good too. Oh yeah. Well, it's like it's funny because like when Doom came out, like that was around the time of like metal music being a real big thing. So I think like for a lot of people, like they were playing those games with that kind of music on in the background. And now the game just is like, yeah, well, we're just going to put this in the game. Like that's just mm. how it is. It fits. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Monster Hunter World Iceborne. I haven't played too much of it. I only played like a little bit, but so far it's been pretty good. Um... I think it's just more of the same, which uh, Monster Hunter World is pretty good, so not a bad thing. I don't think I'm ready to give it a score yet, but still pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Sounds cool. cool. What about you, Dennis? What have you been playing? I I mean, I I have an addiction, and it's a game... <laughs> Yeah, it's a game called Surviving. Yeah, this is an intervention. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Dennis, and I'm addicted to this game called Surviving Mars. Because, I don't know, I just decided... I think I got it from, like, a Humble Bundle or something. And then okay. I wanted to play... Because, like, I don't like playing too many different games at the same time. But I want to have, like, a game for each spot that i sit at so like i have my gaming computer so i want to play games that usually work well with like mouse and keyboard so i have shooters for that mm -hmm. and then i also have my steam link hooked up to like a projector or a tv so but like it's then i want something maybe relaxing to play as well as like red dead from a ps4 sometimes but so i just basically wanted to boot up something that was fairly like relaxing and didn't have to you know it wasn't super real time, so I didn't have to like be in the zone the whole time. So I thought I'd try this because it looked like it was like an RTS. And yeah, this game is great. So it's a bit of a cross between between like SimCity, City Skylines, and Civilization, and just like an RTS. Um, so as the name suggests, Surviving Mars, it's basically just kind of like a base building game. Uh, or a city building game, however you look at it, but you're basically trying to start a colony on Mars. Actually, you're trying to start more than one colony on Mars, but you're starting these colonies and, you know, you have these rockets that 
fly to Mars from Earth that help you resupply. They bring you maybe like necessities and stuff and then also tons of drones to start with. And then eventually you want to get more and more drones because they kind of do all the work. So you can give a command like, oh, I want to build this building. Then it's actually the drones that swarm and build it. Um, so it's very much about like resource management, um, collecting resources on the planet, as well as requesting resources from Earth. And then once you have enough resources, you can expand your colony and build stuff. And then you can start getting people to colonize. So then you can start sending, you know, ships full of people and you can select, oh, I want like X number of engineers and X number of scientists and all of these like no specialization people or like botanists for, you know, growing food on Mars. So you like select all of these things and you wait for them to come. And then you basically are building out these domes on Mars and you're just expanding and expanding and expanding. So it's, it's just, you know, like it's very much um, allows you to be creative uh, in that respect. So you can kind of just design SimCity, right? You just design your own city, you build it however you like, but they also throw some challenges at you, which is really interesting because it is surviving Mars. You're not just building a city on Mars. So things, there are like events that could happen and it's a bit of like a high learning curve as well, because I remember when I'm like, okay, let's try this game. And then I was looking at there's five tutorials and I played the five tutorials across like two different sessions. And I think finishing the tutorials alone got me like 80, 80 minutes worth of gameplay. Oh, wow. Um, and then I was like, okay, now I'm ready to actually start a normal survival new game. <laughs> and what I didn't realize was, yeah, it's addicting. And, um, once you do start the survival mode, these events that I was just talking about, they could fuck shit up. They, they're not really easygoing. You know, it, it, you're trying to survive. So what kind of events um, could you expect to see? Things like meteor showers. So that's why you start learning like, oh, I have to build a lot of like redundant systems. I can't just have one pipe that goes from one place to another, you know, providing air and water. No, I need like two because if a meteor hits that pipe, then we have a leak and then we have a dome without like water and air and then the people are going to die. So there's like so many logistics and I love the fact that there's so many logistics that you have to think about to like try to optimize. And this is being like my first, I guess, first save, first round. I think I'm doing things probably pretty poorly. So I'm really excited to maybe just reach a point where I can't go further with like the surviving gets too hard and all my people are dying because right at, at the moment i have a lot of starving people um because at one point i had a lot of food so i didn't feel the need to grow more food and then all of a sudden they just started having martian babies and then i ran out of food really quick and now they're starving so like things could turn real quick and it's not it's not an easy game but i think it's i just think it's it's so fun so i i would highly recommend this this one is probably getting a nine from me um so if you like Civ, this has got that same syndrome where like instead of like oh one more turn you're just like oh this thing this research is going to be done in five more seconds my rocket's going to arrive in 10 more seconds oh let's yeah. so like there's just like always that new thing coming up to want to get you to keep going so nice. it's really hard to find like oh this is a point i can stop and you know sleep but no like i i stayed up so late to play this game multiple occasions so i'm gonna keep playing it i i would really recommend it nice 
Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm just playing some Red Dead. Still, still trying to slowly get through Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, I'm basically just less about exploring and more about just doing the quests now, um, which has been really fun because you know there's the really good, interesting storylines, but it also helps with it exploring anyways. You kind of mm. go to places to do these quests that you wouldn't go otherwise. So yeah, still having a lot of fun with that. But that's pretty much all I've been playing. Nice. All right, Jamie, what have you been playing lately? Uh, so I've been playing a couple games. Uh, I was not going to talk about this because I was just going to wait for another show. But because Lucas is here, I feel like I need to bring it up. So I did, uh, <laughs> I did play yeah. World of Warcraft Classic. Uh, oh, shit. Yes. Uh, Wait, so is this your first time playing World of Warcraft? Or is no, it like... no, 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 no. Like, I, I definitely am a long-time player of WoW. Uh, I, I, I was playing <laughs> no, it when it please. first came out. Um, but yeah, I, I want to hear about it. Time. I do. I want, really, really want to. <laughs> so, so let me just start by saying that uh, I have a bunch of buddies that were playing WoW. And we used, we used to play, like, when original vanilla WoW was out. And we all decided we're going to start again on one of these servers. And we picked the server, apparently, that had, like, the worst population problem uh, to start. So, basically, my first couple days of trying to play World of Warcraft was me watching a screen telling me that I couldn't play World of Warcraft until uh, I waited for about five to six hours. Uh, wow. <laughs> because the queues were so bad that it was like 14,000 people ahead of me when I'd log in. And I was like, oh wow. how am I ever going to play this game? Uh, eventually I had to set up like a remote desktop so that I could log into my computer at home <laughs> while I was at work. And then it would, Genius. If, I, uh, if it came up, like I could just do enough in, in the computer to keep myself logged in. So I just log in and then, you know, press space bar every once in a while to jump. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. That's, that's so terrible. smart. That's dedication <laughs> folks. Yes. Uh, this is what world out, of Warcraft does uh, to people. <laughs> so so basically after the queue problem uh the game is basically you know like you're going back in a time capsule to like 2006 or 2005 when when the last time they they really patched a uh, classic wow was and uh it holds up pretty pretty well if you enjoy that experience but if you also have forgotten like some of the the stuff that used to suck back then there's a lot of that too so, like, I had forgotten things like you could fail, uh, you could fail crafting, you could fail, uh, like... Oh, fuck, I forgot milk. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just, like, times where things are just like, oh, yeah, that didn't actually work. So, like, it, well. it, it was uh, a bit of a wake-up call to remember, you know, that, that some things worked the way they did. Like, you could like have weapon skills that you don't have anymore in the game in current in current wow uh so like there's a lot of missing going on in the early uh goings of that of that game where your, <laughs> your weapon skill sucks and like you can't hit anything so uh yeah it's 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 definitely got some good nostalgia going for me uh but like i said like the worst part of it was just the q issue and so since then everyone i've been playing with uh, has transferred to a different server because they opened up uh, free transfers for to kind of get that population on that other server down, and so we all moved to a low pop server, and now I'm able to play and enjoy my level twenty rogue uh, as I should. Nice. So yeah, 
WoW cool. Classic, uh, the experience of trying to play for the first couple of days, zero out of ten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but after actually getting in there, uh, I'd say it's probably like a eight or nine out of ten for me, just for the nostalgia purposes. And uh, I, I'm going to keep playing until I hit sixty, and then try to do some more great content. It's going to be fun. So I heard when you hit 60, they give you a, a free level 110 10 boost for the expansion. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if that's the case, that'd be great because I already have one and then I could level up two of my characters to, to 110 without having to actually play them on, on my retail account. So, uh, by the way, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> it's worth noting, too, that now because of all this World of Warcraft talk, we keep getting like these emails from these developers working on like some sort of like mmo they're like well so you guys talk about world of warcraft would you mind talking about our game and i'm like oh gosh it's starting now now i'm gonna have oh, to like man. now they're they're gonna sign us up for like 50 mmo games bring it up oh, god uh, <laughs> uh, no i i haven't no i don't want to play any more mmo games <laughs> i did world of warcraft for years i don't want to play again if it's like a four-hour demo no problem but i'm not spending like like months on another MMO game. No thanks. I'm, yeah. I'm done with that. It was, it was kind of funny though. Like, well, as you guys talk about, like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if it's a beautiful relationship. It's something <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, what else have I been playing? Oh, I also been playing, uh, some SNES games, uh, on the Switch, which, uh, Basically, I've been enjoying my time with so far, uh, you know, playing through a little bit of Mario, Super Mario World, a uh, little Yoshi's Island, uh, been playing through Demon's Crest, which is uh, surprisingly better than I remembered. Like, it's got more of a Metroidvania thing going on than I, than I, I remembered it being. I thought it was mm. more of a straightforward, you know, game, but I, th I must have been confusing that with, like, the old Game Boy one that was, like, the same thing but less less branchy i guess more more straightforward so uh i think the snes stuff is cool i have i want to see like is there a game i can get someone else to play with me that's like multiplayer to see how that's working on it to see if it's like you know uh any good like the online component uh right now i think there's only a handful that are technically multiplayer that you'd be playing at the same time like mario karts one yeah uh that joe and mac game which is uh, it's okay. Uh, Classic Joe and Mac. As, yeah, uh, Joe and Mac <laughs> 2. <laughs> Caveman Ninja 2 or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. Classic yeah. game from our childhood. Uh, so, I want something like Smash TV or like Contra or something like that where I can really see how it's doing online. Uh, mm. But we'll see. Once, once they get some more games out there, maybe Donkey Kong Country, that'd be a good one. Yeah, um, that would be a good one. Uh, but yeah, so far Switch games are really fun, and uh, or SNES games are really fun on the Switch, and uh, I will definitely be bringing that to work with me to play some some Super Metroid. I think I'm really excited for prospect of getting Super Punch Out on the go. Uh, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Like that's the thing. Like I, I it's on. There's a lot there that I think could uh, be a lot of fun, and I think unlike the NES. Like, I'm more excited to see what kind of SNES games they bring out. Like, I think on the NES, they put out, like, Donkey Kong Country. And I was like, oh, great. Like, don't quite care, guys. Sorry. But, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. I care more about uh, Donkey Kong Country or, um, 
any of the Final Fantasy games that came out on the, the SNES at that time. So, right, we'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed that we'll get some good stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's see what else have we been playing. Uh, so the free game for PlayStation uh, this month, one of the free games was uh, Darksiders Three. So I started playing that. Um, I don't know if you guys have played the other Darksiders games, but it's kind of like got a mm-hmm. Zelda meets uh, uh, like a God of War kind of thing going on, where the combat's very much God of War style, you know, action uh, RPG kind of thing, and uh, it and there's like a bit of Metroidvania slash Zelda stuff going on where you get items that help you progress through the game and unlock different areas that you couldn't unlock before. Um, so. There's also some components of like random loot where like weapons and, and items you get have different stats that you know you could use to enhance your your main weapon and, and your uh, sub weapons. Uh, it's it's pretty good. Um, I think they went a little bit more dark soulsy in this game, which is kind of surprising because like uh, I was not expecting that. So like basically mm. like you you have this I guess currency or resource called like souls uh, or something like that. It maybe it's not souls in this. It's something, but it equates to souls. And uh, when you die, you lose them all. And then if you get back to where you died, you can gain what you lost by uh, like hitting this thing that is like floating around. Um, so yeah, it's got that whole like Dark Soulsy kind of like death run kind of thing. So like if you if you get to a boss and you die, you want to get back there and gain what you lost um and the enemies all respawn between where you died and you know where you got to get back to so uh that part of it is okay <laughs> i don't love the fact that i have to like die and then restart at a checkpoint that might be like pretty far away from where i died and then uh have to run all the way back but you know uh, not too bad i guess mm. uh, combat's okay it's very much you know got the whole like uh, XXX combo kind of thing like uh, Devil May mm. Cry or, or you know a game like that has and uh, as you get more weapons and stuff it seems to be getting more interesting so like I just got like you start off with this weapon it's like a chain I guess it's like a chain sword kind of like Ivy from like uh, uh, Soul Calibur mm. and uh, you know it's, it's, it's like a whip I guess um and as you get through the game, you get like a back, like a secondary weapon that's like these little fire knives. And so, like you can start doing some combos with those two weapons. Um, there's there's all sorts of different powers to unlock. It's it seems like it's going to be a really long game with a lot of things to unlock and skills to earn and all that stuff. But uh, I'm enjoying it so far, and I'll probably keep playing it just because I really like the first two games, and I kind of want to see how they. Uh, move the story along and they have that other like Darksiders game that's coming out this year that's kind of like the Diablo uh, style game which I'm kind of really interested in so I kind of want to make sure I have the story wrapped up before I start playing that um, but yeah so far I think I'd give it like a solid 8 out of 10 okay um, enjoying it a lot but uh, we'll see if that holds up by the end of the game it might drop a few points that doesn't you know stay awesome so um Nice. Cool. And uh, last game I've been playing uh, has been Control, which is the new game from Remedy. Um, And uh, holy shit, that game is awesome. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, I really like it. Like, 
So it's it's like a third person uh, shooter game. Uh, Remedy, of course, you know, old school Max Payne and Alan Wake uh, mm-hmm. developers. And uh, if there's one thing those guys do really well, it's tell stories in in their games. I think, mm-hmm. um, and this game is no exception. Uh, so. Basically, like to give you a brief overview, like you enter this building called the Federal Bureau of Control, uh, which is this weird government agency that I would kind of like, it gives you like some sort of X-Files, like fringe vibes, uh, uh, very weird place that you're you're in. And uh, the building itself is constantly like changing. So like you'll go down a corridor and it might like loop around and be the same corridor. So there's some weird like weird stuff going on in there. Um, but basically you're just, you're in this building, you're trying to find your brother and, uh, it just starts off like kind of batshit crazy where like some, some weird shit's going on and uh, everyone in the building has been like taken over by this weird, uh, power and they're all attacking you. And for some reason you didn't get affected by it, uh, because the, the, uh, thing that is, living inside your head uh has saved you from being taken over from this weird force uh Hmm. but the gameplay is like like i said it's like a shooter um you you basically get uh, a gun that can turn into many different types of guns and you can get different like powers that kind of uh like telekinesis and uh what's the other one you get like this air dash thing and i haven't really unlocked too many more than that yet um but it seems like they're all like kind of psychic based powers and stuff like you can Mm. fly at some point in the game i've seen um but yeah like like you're basically like earning powers leveling up some abilities you can you can equip mods to your guns to do more damage and stuff uh and you're kind of just exploring this really weird place that has like very much X-Files, Fringe, Twin Peaks sort of weirdness going on. Uh, and the story so far has been really, really good. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm digging it a lot. I would say for me it's like a 9 out of 10 for sure so far. Nice. And uh, uh, I love it. So that's awesome. pretty much cool. it. Cool. Yeah, I've been kind of curious about that one. But I don't know why. I was just like, eh, I'll wait and see. Highly recommend it. All right, Lucas, what have you been playing these days? Oh, I have a long list. Uh, let's see. Uh, go through games I've been playing. I played Telltale Guardians. Uh, I played The Crew 2. I played Snipers 3. I played Perio Pio Tetris. I played Skullgirls. I haven't been on the podcast for a while. <laughs> I played Blaze Blue te- uh, Cross Battle, and I played, and I'm currently playing Mega Man X. All the collection. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's a good collection. So, we'll go through it quick. So, the Guardians Telltale game, I give it about an eight out of ten. It was pretty faithful. Uh, everything else was great. The crew two, I give like a negative five billion out of ten because mm-hmm. fuck that game. It is boring as all shit. I don't know why people like it. I don't understand it. It's boring. So literally, you pick between monster trucks, everything. You drive any kind of vehicle you want on the most plainest most straightforward freaking press your button and accelerator game i have ever played in my whole entire life you literally go forward and that's it so play a, go play an airplane great but i'm i'm doing nothing you literally race five of the guys in a straightforward motion it's 
great I don't know. Uh Sniper Three was a lot of fun. Uh they had like the sniper mode and stuff like that. You see people skull crushing stuff like that. Uh mm. give like a seven or eight out of ten. Uh that was pretty good. Uh Puyo Puyo versus Tetris was good until you had to play the mixed uh you had to do Tetris and Puyo Puyo at the same time to unlock things. Uh that game can suck my dick now. It gets like a negative billion out of five. Fuck that. First. <laughs> I literally... I broke a controller almost. That oh. pissed me off. Oh, it's just... You had to go against the computer. The computer's like, look at me. I can do everything. And like, look, I've destroyed you. And I'm like, still trying to figure out how the fuck you play this. And it was... No. Shit that game. Um, And then I played Skullgirls. That game was pretty awesome. The combos were really neat. Uh, it's a game that, like, you know, easy to play, but, you know, hard to master kind of game. Uh, a lot of cool graphics, a lot of cool things, a lot of cool motions. You can see there's like a lot of heart to it. Uh, that gets like an eight out of ten. Blaze Blue Cross Tagging, uh, think of a jig with like mm. Ruby, uh, Birth and Night, and stuff like that. The story mode, funny, it was great. Uh, the combat was good, but short. Like your life bar was like, I'm gonna die. Like you're like, okay, I'm gonna fight. You're dead. Okay, why? So it was like it was a too short of game. Like like so when you have tag team battles, usually it goes on for like maybe like thirty minutes to a minute. It listed the list like five seconds. So eh, like five out of ten. Uh, Mega Man collections are playing right now and uh, at the moment, and it seems to be pretty good. There's an a mode where you get and I played a little bit where you have to fight two bosses at once. Yeah, and yeah. that's challenging and that's fun as fuck. Yeah. And you get to, like, pick your powers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 11 yeah. out of 10. Freaking amazing <laughs> game. Go buy it. No, I love the, okay. I love the <laughs> X collection. Uh, and, yeah, that mode in particular always is so cool because it's, like, they pull these bosses, too, but they keep, like, the sprites the same. So it kind of seems a little jarring once you get to, like, yeah. <laughs> X4 and you've got, like, a box from, a boss from, like, X2 or X3. And you're like, this is even the same, like, level of sprites, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> take, it, take it or leave it, I guess. So. Take it or leave it. It's interesting because I actually played the Sniper Elite game, too. I didn't mention it, but, but that one I thought was weird because, like, I never really played those games before. It's more of like a like a stealth game more than <clears throat> anything. Like I was actually kind of surprised. I thought it would just be going in. You'd be like, "Oh, snipe Hitler or whatever," and call it a day. But like, no, you're doing like a lot of stealth based stuff in that one. So, yeah. but yeah, cool. Uh, I think that's it for this week. As always, you can email us mailbag at com or you know. Just don't. Maybe you want to listen to Lucas's interview, and you want to, you know, interview Lucas too. Let us know. He's always open for interviews. <laughs> for what exactly, we don't know. But you'll, you, you, he will interview you, or you can interview him. Whatever. We're open to offers. Exactly. Um. Uh, cool. Until next time, everyone. Bye for now. Bye.